Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Titus, The Salutation and Task. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, January 31st, our study was the third of three topics found in Romans chapter 13. It was our examination of the topic titled, Motivation to Godly Conduct. In five episodes, we found nothing about pandemic life, as some say can be found in this chapter of Romans. We did find, in the first seven verses, a discussion on legalism working to resolve where we draw the line of our service to man and God. We found that such a thing as not speeding is not found in the Bible, yet we learned the encouragement for us to obey a no-speeding law. We found that obeying such a law was acceptable because it promoted healthy, godly living even though it is a law created by mankind. This is what was being discussed in the first seven verses of this chapter. It was a reckoning of how and where we draw the line of following man's laws and God's laws. We also found, relative to last week's study in Barnes' New Testament notes, the following. Taking a proper estimate of the time taking just views of the shortness and the value of time, of the design for which it was given, and of the fact that it is, in regard to us, rapidly coming to a close, and still further considering that the time in which you live is the time of the gospel, a period of light and truth when you are particularly called on to lead holy lives, and thus to do justly to all. Even though we live in pandemic times, it is still incumbent upon us to not grow cold, resulting in a reduction or total denial of the service to others in God's love through us to properly work. We have only nine weeks until Easter is here. This year, we are doing something different. This will be a nine-week look at the book of Titus. I believe it has some content pertinent to both the times we presently live in and the Easter holiday. In the days that Jesus was crucified, those days had to have a similar feel to the days we live in today. Certainly different, but similar in some ways. In their day, it was the coming death of their Savior. Today, it is the grossly large number of deaths of his followers and those who might be persuaded to also follow Jesus into salvation and thus 
be saved for all eternity. Our opening verses read, From Paul, a slave of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's chosen ones and the knowledge of the truth that it is in keeping with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the ages began. But now, in his own time, he has made his message evident through the preaching I was entrusted with according to the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my genuine son in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. From Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. On this passage, commentary reads, All are the servants of God who are not slaves of sin and Satan. All gospel truth is according to godliness, teaching the fear of God. The intent of the gospel is to raise up hope as well as faith, to take off the mind and heart from the world, and to raise them to heaven and the things above. How excellent, then, is the gospel, which was the matter of divine promise so early, and what thanks are due for our privileges. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and whosoever is appointed and called must preach the word. Grace is the free favor of God, and acceptance from Him. Mercy, the fruits of the favor, in the pardon of sin, and freedom from all mercies, both here and hereafter. And peace is the effect and fruit of mercy. Peace with God through Christ, who is our peace, and with the creatures and ourselves. Grace is the fountain of all blessings, mercy and peace, and all good spring out of this. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible Matthew Henry said some very interesting things. His commentary is on all four verses. Hence, part of the reasoning behind it being called concise. Notice the first sentence in this commentary passage. It reads, All are the servants of God who are not slaves of sin and Satan. That is concise and to the point. So, are you a slave or a servant? If you do not know how to answer that question, maybe this passage that follows that statement will help you understand better where you live with respect to whether you are or are not a servant of Christ. Matthew Henry said, All gospel truth is according to godliness, teaching the fear of God. The intent of the gospel is to raise up hope as well as faith, to take off the mind and heart from the world, and to raise them to heaven and the things above. How excellent, then, is the gospel, which was the matter of divine promise so early, and what thanks are due for our privileges. Let me re-ask the question this way. Are you living in gospel truth according to godliness, learning the proper fear of God? 
Maybe you cannot answer that question because of the word fear. What does the word fear mean in that usage? Our first thought is that we are scared of something. Let's look at the meaning of the word fear for better understanding. Fear means the following. A very unpleasant or disturbing feeling caused by the presence or imminence of danger. A state or condition marked by this feeling. Living in constant fear of attack. A feeling of disquiet or apprehension. A reason for dread or apprehension. Clearly, the word means what we presume and even know of the word fear. However, this is not how it is used here in Scripture and commentary of which we are examining. Currently, the word fear used in Scripture and commentary here means extreme reverence or awe as toward a deity to revere or be in awe of a deity, to have reverential awe of. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Fear also means, in Scripture, fear is used to express a phileo or a slavish passion. In good men, the fear of God is a holy awe or reverence of God and His laws which springs from a just view and real love of the divine character, leading the subjects of it to hate and shun everything that can offend such a holy being and inclining them to aim at perfect obedience. This is filial fear. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. So, there it is. In this usage of the word fear in Scripture, here in Titus, it does not mean the kind of fear we experience in a scary and or uncertain situations accompanied by anxiety. This fear is one of reverence and awe of God, to state it simply. This is why Matthew Henry said, teaching the fear of God. This definition of fear does require learning. We almost always use the word fear to describe something we find very disquieting to us in whatever place and or situation that happens. Matthew Henry further said, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God and whoso is appointed and called must preach the word. Grace is the free favor of God and acceptance with him. Mercy, the fruits of the favor, in the pardon of sin, and freedom from all miseries both here and hereafter. And peace is the effect and fruit of mercy. Peace with God through Christ, who is our peace and with the creatures and ourselves. Grace is the fountain of all blessing. Mercy and peace and all good spring out of this. Commentary said five very important things, in summary, as follows. 1. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
A personal note here: the Word of God for us today is our Bible. Two, grace is the free favor of God and acceptance with Him. Three, mercy, the fruits of the favor, in the pardon of sin and freedom from all miseries, both here and hereafter. Note, miseries in the hereafter are those eternal miseries in hell. Four, peace is the effect and fruit of mercy. Peace with God through Christ, who is our peace. And five, grace is the foundation of all blessings. Mercy and peace and all good spring out of this. I think that says it all in a way we can understand it. Verses five through nine read, "For this cause I left you in Crete, that you might set in order the things lacking and appoint elders in every city, as I ordered you. If any one is blameless, husband of one wife, having faithful children, not in accusation of loose behavior or disobedient." For the overseer must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-pleasing, not prone to anger, not given to wine, not a quarreler, not greedy of ill gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, discreet, just, holy, temperate, clinging to the faith word according to the teaching, that he may be able both to encourage by sound doctrine. And to convict the ones contradicting, from Titus chapter one, verses five through nine. We may well need some help understanding what the book of Titus just said to us. Commentary gives us the better understanding we are looking to find. It reads, "The character and qualifications of pastors, here called elders and bishops." Agree with what the apostle wrote in Timothy, being such bishops and overseers of the flock, to be examples to them, and God's stewards to take care of the affairs of his household. There is great reason that they should be blameless. What they are not to be is plainly shown, as well as what they are to be, as servants of Christ. And able ministers of the letter and practice of the gospel, and here are described the spirit and practice becoming such as should be examples of good works. From Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible. How many pastors, teachers, do you know who practice becoming examples of good works? As a follower. A new convert to Christ, I might have some idea of what good works are, so as to have some place to start. However, without modeling or examples of people who do good works, how do I learn what I need to learn to do more and even better good works? In other words, how do I do good works and grow in doing them? Without a personal example of what I need to do, also. Yes, I have the Bible, but visual aid helps tremendously when I can see others doing biblical good works. Furthermore, 
How do I do good works in pandemic life? It is well understood the more we interact with each other, the more likely we are to contract coronavirus, also called COVID 19. So, how do we do good works in such dangerous times? The Internet supplies us with remote access for doing good works right from home, which is safe. Start figuring what the tools are that you have available and use them. Doing nothing, even in times like these pandemic times, is disobedience to God. Remember, Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, in part, reads, The love of many will grow cold. Even in these pandemic days and times, do not let your love grow cold. Allowing our love to grow cold is how we find a place on the sidelines to sit and wait this out, hoping to return to what we previously called normal. Much of what we are waiting for will not return again, ever. In this Titus passage, the last seven verses read, For there are many rebellious people, idle talkers, and deceivers, especially those with Jewish connections, who must be silenced because they mislead whole families by teaching for dishonest gain what ought not to be taught. A certain one of them, in fact, one of their own prophets, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Such testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply, that they may be healthy in the faith, and not pay attention to Jewish myths and commands of people who reject the truth. All is pure to those who are pure, but to those who are corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and consciences are corrupt. They profess to know God, but with their deeds they deny Him, since they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed. From Titus chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. First, let us note correctly verses 10 and 11, which are a single sentence. Verse 11 needs some commenting. These verses read, For there are many rebellious people, idle talkers, and deceivers, especially those with Jewish connections, who must be silenced because they mislead whole families by teaching for dishonest gain what ought not to be taught. The phrase, who must be silent, does not mean what we may conclude in these modern times today. Taking their life is not the intent of this comment in verse 11. It is a very strong comment about teaching these people in such a way that the ill they speak is silenced in their new understanding of truth. Quoting Commentary Faithful ministers must oppose such a good time that their folly being made manifest, they may go no further. They had a base end in what they did, serving a worldly interest under pretense of religion, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Such should be resisted and put to shame, 
by sound doctrine from the scriptures. Shameful actions, the reproach of heathens, should be far from Christians, falsehood and lying, envious craft and cruelty, brutal and sensual practices, and idleness and sloth are sins condemned even by the light of nature. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. They abuse and turn things lawful and good into sin. Many profess to know God, yet in their lives deny and reject Him. See the miserable state of hypocrites, such as have a form of godliness, but are without the power. Yet let us not be so ready to fix this charge on others, as careful that it does not apply to ourselves. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible While many of us may not define our position as a minister, in the American definition of such, we are all ministers of our faith to others. So Titus does not mean to kill these people as we may interpret this passage. It means, strongly, that we are to deal with such people by either teaching or avoidance of them. Notice what Matthew Henry said. Such should be resisted and put to shame by sound doctrine from the Scriptures, not by personal comment or even accusations, but, quote, put to shame by sound doctrine from the Scriptures, end quote. Matthew Henry also said, To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. They abuse and turn things lawful and good into sin. Does that not sound like Bible prophecy of the end times? It should. Next week, we will look at Titus chapter 2 in our first ever Easter series. We have examined Easter-based Bible text in a four-week study in the past. This year, we are doing a more in-depth study to promote spiritual growth. Titus, we believe, gives us what is a good study for this purpose in these leading days to Easter. Play or download next week's episode. Titus, Conduct Consistent with Sound Teaching, Part 1, from one of our podcast hosts. Or, follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing.
If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God, as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. If you would rather search for us, please use the search phrase, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church, to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us, and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.